morning, church. Morning to you all. Um, please open your Bible in Matthew chapter 13. So we will read verses 1 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will, be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding, you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are those your eyes but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of, he, of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thanks, Ezra. This is the word of the Lord, and excited to be here. You know, it's an interesting thing. If you hang around church long enough, you'll meet people that will be here, and they'll seem really enthusiastic, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they just stop showing up. And maybe you bump into them at Aaron Affair, or eh, who knows, maybe you, maybe you see them on a soccer field or at Avoca Beach, and when you, when you chase them up and you say, sort of, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, good, 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 you know. Um, oh, we haven't, we haven't seen you in church. Well, yeah, look, I don't, I'm not really interested in that anymore. Or... Or it might be something like, well, yeah, you know, we've just been so busy with work and the family. We just, we just don't have any time for church. But um, you guys are still lovely. We still, hey, yeah, when's, when's the Good Friday service? We'll try to get there. And, and, and you know, you, you experience these things and you begin to wonder, what's going on there, right? I know as a youth pastor, um, I, I've, I saw stacks of kids come in, some apathetic some excited, some, you know, fill in the blank. And many of them, not all, but many of them were just, by the time they hit uni, they were off the rails. What happened? They seemed on fire for Jesus. They had a real heart after God. What, what happened? What went on there? You know, it, all you have to do is Google this, and there's always statistics coming out of, it's, it's not uncommon, uh, sadly, but there is a mass exodus happening of people leaving the church um, here in Australia, here on the Central Coast. I think we've even seen a picture of this with COVID, like, you know, I've been talking about youth, but well, there was folks here in this church prior to COVID, and now that we sort of opened up shop, where are they? What happened? What's going on there? And they're not at other churches, by the way. So how do we make sense of that? Well, underneath all of those things, there's a massive, maybe we might be blind to it, but Jesus gives us the parable of the sower. And he actually gives us a sneak peek, a glimpse into the spiritual realities of some of the situations I just described. Today is a, it's a fascinating parable. I, I've been praying for you as a church as, as I teach this, because no doubt there are people here sitting amongst us right now who are like the footpath, hard. No doubt there are people here that maybe they're excited for now, but we won't see them in a year. No doubt there's people here that they're just going to get choked by the worries of this, the affairs of this world. But there are some 
by the sovereign grace of God, who will see bear 160 and 30 fold for the glory of God. But I would guess, I would guess, in fact, in the two and a half years, I would bet my bottom dollar interactions I've had with you. So let me make it, bring it really home. There's all of those people right now sitting here. So here's what I want you to do. As we go through this parable, ask yourself, do some honest soul searching rather than be like, oh, something about some bloke scattering seed. Do some honest soul searching while you're there. And ask yourself, where is my heart in all of this? Where, where am I at? What, what's the soil of my heart? So I'd really encourage you, as we read through this and we unpack this parable, ask yourself those questions. Now, I, I want to jump right into it, and I'll, I'll paint a little bit of context for us, but before I do, let's, let's ask the Lord to, to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen? Father, we come before you as desperate sinners in need of your grace. Lord, uh, it's only by your sovereign mercy are we going to see and experience anything this morning. So we pray that you would open our eyes and our ears, spiritually speaking. And Lord, I pray for some that you would grant repentance, perhaps for the first time. Lord, for the rest of us, encourage our hearts as we think about you, the great sower. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So um, if you happen to read the chapters leading up to this point, um, one thing really stands out, and that is the different reactions to Jesus. Do you remember Matthew 13 doesn't come to us in a vacuum? Do you know what I mean by that? It's not a standalone. There's chapters preceding it. And one thing you do see is people respond to Jesus differently, don't they? Um, do you remember as he goes throughout Galilee preaching about the kingdom, you have some people that follow him, right? They leave everything and follow him. Other people are a bit half-hearted. Oh, first let me go bury my father and I'll get the inheritance. And other people are, are, are ticked off, right? They, 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 they want this guy dead. But hold on just a second. This is Jesus we're talking about here. As, as, as in, you can reach out back then and tap him on the shoulder. You could hear him sneeze, see him yawn. This is Jesus there in person, right there. Wouldn't that be nice in your evangelistic attempts if you could have Jesus come with you? I'd imagine we go down to Gosford Waterfront today and you're trying to you know, share the gospel with people. But as sort of a, Live illustration, you have Jesus right next to you. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? And, and you would think, right? Oh, everybody I know and everybody that I interact with, surely, surely everyone that I introduce Jesus to, they're going to follow him. 
But that wasn't the case back then, was it? I mean, how can God's own son in the flesh be resisted by his own people? The parable of the sower answers that dilemma for us. Because even if we brought Jesus Christ in the flesh to people, there would still be some who would be apathetic. If I had Jesus come preach this sermon right now, some of you have been sitting here for years still wouldn't wake up. Amazing, but it all makes sense when you read this parable. It all makes sense. So let's dive into it. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let's, let's pick up here in verse three. Look what he says. He says, and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow. And in his sowing, sorry, and he sowed some seeds. And what happens here? Some fell along the path, right? Some fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell in rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So a sower goes out to sow. This, this was not uncommon, right? What, how would that work? What, what does that mean, a sower went out to sow? Well, the picture here is drawn from a typical scene in the Palestinian countryside of a farmer scattering seed. Uh, many people in Jesus' day would have been familiar and well acquainted with this farming practice. It was called broadcast sowing. This is where, this is what it looked like, okay? I've got some seeds, I'm gonna clean these up. Broadcast sowing is when you just throw the seeds out. It's all right, Colin, did I get you? No? Okay. Broadcast sowing, you'd scatter the seeds. It's a primitive means. You take the seeds, you throw it. You take the seeds, you throw it. You take the seeds. I'll clean those up. Don't worry. Take the seeds and you throw it. Okay? They didn't have agricultural, you know, manufacturing back then. This is pretty primitive stuff. But nevertheless, you have this picture of this, of this farmer, and he's reaching into his pocket and scattering his seed. I remember growing up as a kid, my, my dad used to, he was a gardener, and he used to fertilize uh, lawns, and he had this box, and it's like this little white box, and he'd spit out fertilizer all over. Now, when we hear an archaeological parable like that, um, some of us are, you know, might be quite savvy and quite familiar with farming, and some of us might be familiar with gardening. The rest of us ha don't have a clue, myself included. But familiarity with the concepts misses the point. Remember, this is a parable that's illustrating different responses to the message about the kingdom. Okay? So, so let's take a closer look at the diverse responses, the, these four different types of soils. The first one comes in verse four. These are the seeds 
which fell along the footpath. The footpath. Obviously, if lots of people walked up and down this footpath every day, nothing would be able to grow on it because the ground was too hard. And since the ground is too hard to receive the seed, the birds came and got a free lunch, right? If the ground's so hard, the seeds aren't going to penetrate. Now, the next type of soil is worth a closer look, uh, if you have your Bible there, because if this first group of seeds, I've got a little bit left, if this first group of seeds was thrown, okay? Yeah, now my kids, now Josiah. So if this first group of seeds was thrown and didn't have a start, this next group has a really good start, an excellent start. Look what I mean in verse 5. It says, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And notice, immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Um, if you visit Galilee today, uh, I've, I've had a chance to be there myself. You'll notice there's lots of boulders and rocks around Galilee. Um, and, and no doubt, there's probably, I'm not a farmer, but there's places that you could say, oh, that, what a nice little patch of soil. I could, I could probably start a little tomato garden there, right? I could, this might be kind of nice. And it looks nice to the eye, but unbeknownst to you, just a little under that is a bedrock of limestone. So what happens? You plant it, and at first you think, this is fantastic. The next day it sprouts up, but it actually doesn't have a root. And so quickly, once the rainy season ends, particularly there, and the brutal uh, Middle East sun, which would be like, you know, the equivalent of like Northern Territory, right? Comes and scorches it, it's gone. It wilts, it dies. Are you beginning to see already there, hopefully, that there's more that meets the eye with these parables, right? This isn't just Jesus the botanist. Jesus the, you know, Byron Bay hippie that happens to like plants. Maybe, maybe you have encountered people like this who showed such potential at first. And now, where are they? Anyway, Jesus gives us another set of soil here. He turns our attention to the third type of soil. Unlike the others, though, this one is fertile. This one actually has some roots. All right, so the first one doesn't penetrate. The second one is quick. This one, this one's a little harder to distinguish because it doesn't quickly sprout up and die. It, there's probably a longer growth pattern here, but something happens in verse 7. Here, here it comes. You see? Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Uh, again, this one's a bit tricky because remember, the seed on the footpath never grows, and the seed in the rocky soil sprang up, but it was short-lived, whereas now we, we have seed among thorns, which grows, and it probably grows for quite some time, but eventually... Eventually, it's overcome. And what's its kryptonite? 
It's not Superman, I understand that. But what's, what's its kryptonite? It's thorns. So now we've got, seems kind of depressing so far, right? We've got three incidences of unsuccessful sowing. But finally we come now to verse 8. Now we get the one that's successful. And it's extremely successful in verse 8. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some 100, some 60, some 30. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, so the farmer has to be counting on this, right? He's only sowing for this reason, ultimately. In the, in the ancient world, you would have been thrilled for a probably a five-fold increase. That would have been a, considered a really good year. Now, once you start talking about 100% and 60% and 30%, you kind of go, whoa, that's, you get 100% return? That's unheard of. 60%, 30%, no way. There's hyperbolic language there. There's, there's a sense of exaggeration on purpose, right? Uh, why? Why? Because Jesus is making a point. This is actually miraculous. This is not just kind of random. This, is, this, is, this has to be something supernatural here. Okay, so three bad soils, one good. What do we make of this parable? What do we think of this? Well, thankfully, Jesus doesn't leave us in the dark. If you look at verses 18 through 23, Jesus makes clear what this parable means. For instance, the sower is Jesus himself. And the seed is the message of the kingdom. You can see that in verses 11, 17, and 19. You still with me? The sower is Jesus, the seed is the message, and the soil are people's hearts. Keep in mind that. Keep in mind of that. As we unpack these four types of soils, which we're going to do, they represent individuals' response to the message. And that response is based upon what's in their hearts. So, four types of soils, four types of hearts. Are you ready? Here we go. The unresponsive heart. We'll look at the first one. Second, the impulsive heart. Third, the preoccupied heart. And fourth, the fruitful heart. Those are the different responses. And again, I, I really want you to do some soul searching, friend. Ask yourself which category, which, on, ask yourself honestly. And maybe, maybe you're a bit delusional, and I'd be happy to maybe explain to you what category I reckon you would fall into. But, but ask yourself. I don't mean that as a, to be mean. I'm just saying we can be very self-deceived, can't we? So maybe ask yourself, though, what category do I fall into? What's the soil of my heart? Are you ready? Here we go. Let's look at the first one. This is... The unresponsive heart. That comes in verse 18. What do I say, the unresponsive heart? Look at verse 18. Notice here. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, 
the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. That's the footpath, right? This is the description of a person who hears the gospel but does nothing with it. The message falls on deaf ears, so to speak. It, it never penetrates their heart. Such a person is calloused and hardened. Now, there are people who have been involved in church life since they've been in nappies. Uh, they've had the blessing of being brought to church as children and surrounded by Christian people who've heard the gospel of, a dozen times, but they've never received the gospel. They've never really turned to Christ. And here's the tragedy about that. Their heart has become so accustomed to rejecting this message of the gospel, it will only become more hardened and more calloused over time. Have you ever uh, interacted with a, a builder or a chippy? Have you ever seen their hands? My hands, I mean, I, I read Greek and Hebrew. Look at, I have like dork hands, right? The pastor hands. But if, if you ever interact with a chippy or a gardener or someone who, who does hard manual labor, what are their hands like? Rough, calloused. You could, you could stick a pin in them. They wouldn't even feel it, right? Jesus says, your heart can be like that. Calloused. Dear friend, I ask you, seriously, has your heart become calloused and impenetrable like the footpath? Let's move on to the next type of soil of the heart here. So first we have the unresponsive heart. Next we have the impulsive heart. So verse 20, verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who, notice, hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Woohoo! How exciting! Awesome! Yet, he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution comes on account of the word, immediately he falls away. This is the person who seems to accept the gospel. I mean, it's somewhat confusing though, and it, it's, it is because there is some sproutedness. Did you notice that? There, there actually is like, it looks like the real deal. Looks can be deceiving. Like, wow, look, they're, they're sprouting, they're growing. They've not only heard the word, they, they're excited. They're switched on about it. They're, they're, they've already begun serving in a ministry. Hey, and why not? Just look at their enthusiasm. In modern Christian terms, we might say that they have a heart after God. They're on fire. There's only one problem. There's no depth. There's no root. 
give it a little bit of time, put them in some hot water, and they're gone. Look at verse 21. Look at it again. It has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when the tri tribulation or persecution come on a rise on account of the word, immediately falls away. Perhaps you've met people like this. I have. You can meet people who perhaps go forward at a Billy Graham crusade or some evangelistic revival meeting, or maybe they got really emotional at a youth camp or, or some mountaintop experience. But when a trial comes, or when they might lose a friendship on account of following Jesus, well, you see pretty quickly where their allegiance is, allegiance is, don't you? They're gone. Their Christianity was short-lived. Why? Because this person had no root. Their faith was entirely circumstantial. As long as things were good, they were willing to follow Jesus. But once that changed, they wanted to have nothing to do with it. They are shallow, fair-weather disciples like grass on root, growing on a rooftop. It's an unable to have root, does it? It's not going to, if rich roots go down. Like grass growing on a rooftop, they'll soon wither because without real root, there is no fruit. And I want you to notice in the text here, they received the word. Did you hear that? They received the message, but it doesn't say they understood it. That's the key. Same with the previous soil. Received the word, but didn't understand it. Hearing is not so much about the ears as it is about the heart. Again, friends, I ask you, how are you responding to the gospel? Was there once a time when you were excited about this? And now this just feels like rote, mundane, random, maybe you're a, a religion you adopted from your parents. Where is your heart? The unresponsive heart, the impulsive heart. Third, in verse 22, the preoccupied heart. In verse 22, the preoccupied heart. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but notice, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Wow. This is the person who hears the gospel, but other desires eventually crowd that out and choke it out. Sure, they may have lasted a bit longer, right, than the person who sprung up overnight and died the next day. Might be a little bit more longevity there. But it soon became clear 
that there were other matters which consumed their heart. They are preoccupied with this life, it says. You know, when we're allowed to have Jesus and, a lot of us can look to be followers of Jesus. But when circumstances change and it's a choice of Jesus or, well, then it starts to become rather clear who is following Jesus. As a society, we may be going through a period of time now where it's switching from Jesus and to Jesus or. Where are you at today? Where is the soil of your heart? Are you being choked out by the, plant, by the worries of this life, by chasing comfort? Would you still follow Jesus if it meant you had to give up those comforts? I don't mean would you still come here to this church. Would you still follow Christ? Again, it's easy when you have Jesus and. Does that make sense? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I still, my life's not that much different. Yeah, sure, I give a little bit of money and time to the church, but it's relatively really the same. Well, it's but difficult at that point to sift through who's, who's among the thorns and who's not. But give it some time and you see people where their treasure is, there their heart will be also, right? So we have the unresponsive heart, the impulsive heart, the preoccupied heart. And I want to close by looking at this fourth and final soil, the fruitful heart. In verse 23, the fruitful heart. As for what was sown in good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Do you see that? Penny drops and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and in another, 30. This is the person who hears the gospel and its truth sinks deep into their hearts. You know, one thing beyond the understanding, because that's a key, I, hopefully you can catch that there. One thing beyond the understanding, do you know what differentiates, do you know what distinguishes this type of heart, this type of soil from all the rest of them? It's that they bear fruit, lasting fruit. Jesus said, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Thus, by their fruit, the way they live, you will recognize them. When a heart receives the gospel, friend, when someone truly understands it, the return, Jesus is saying, is incalculable. That, that's the way the Christian life is, isn't it? Those of us that are that are been genuinely born again, we, we, we've been transformed by the grace of God. Your, your deepest affections and desires are different. Has that happened to you? I don't, clearly, I mean... 
I wouldn't bank on an emotional experience. That's the second soil, right? The, the rocky one. I mean, is there a genuine, ongoing following of Jesus where you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind? Is that happening here? Is this going on in your heart? If so, that's a miracle. And we should thank God for that. And I'm, I'm also thanking God that he said, some people produce a hundredfold and some 60, some 30. I'm happy I can be in the 30 crowd, okay? Uh, you know, I know some 100% guys and good on them. Wish I could get there. But has that happened to you? Where, where is your heart this morning, friend? Have you been given ears to hear? You know, it, this, is, this is amazing right now. Because oftentimes sermons can become, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 the bloke up there, who cares? And, and that, it might, there's a bit, there's, a, there's some deception here because unbeknownst to you, if that's you, you just, I don't fall into one of those things. Oh, I'd say you fell in the first one. <laughs> like the word has now been sent out the gospel's been preached. We just looked at the word of God and it's happening right as we speak. <laughs> like right now. Where is the soil of your heart? It's, it's one of those things. I can dogmatically, confidently say it's one of those soils. I believe the word of God. So there's no middle ground here. And by the way, there's no, um, notice the soil never changed. In, in other words, the rocky soil was rocky soil. It's not like the rocky soil was once a Christian and lost its salvation and then became rocky soil. It was always rocky soil. And the message itself was the same to all four of those soils. Because you might be tempted to hear that and go, oh boy, man, we better have a little meeting here. We better try to adapt this because this seems kind of three soils are going to, you know, be not good and only one's going to, we got to, maybe we should adapt the message. No. It's the message of the kingdom. That's the only hope we have and being faithful to proclaim that. So again, I ask you, friend, and I'm going to give you, as we close here, 30 seconds, just to ponder that. Maybe you want to read over the passage again. Maybe you want to pray. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Whatever you want to do. I'm just going to give you 30 seconds to, to it's so dangerous. Do you realize this? To hear this message and just, it does nothing. Again, if you've truly done some soul searching, what soil is your heart? So think about that. And I'd encourage you to do this. I'm gonna push you a step further. When you're done with that, if you're in a growth group or you have a friend here, ask them what they think. Come ask some of us elders and we will tell you what we at least observe 
from a distance where we think the soil of your heart might, might be. We don't know. We're not, we don't know perfectly. So what, you, what are you going to do with this? So 30 seconds. Just, I'm going to do it up here as well. Just because I'm the preacher doesn't mean, you know, I could be bad soil as well. I don't think, hopefully I'm not. I'm going to process this as well. So let's take 30 seconds to do that. Lord, we now come before you as a church and we, we don't want to be self-deceived. We don't want to be individuals who think we make up the whole, but all the while we're bad soil. Lord, I pray if there's any here that, that are one of those three soils, would, would you grant them repentance in a genuine way? That you... Lord, only you can do that. Only you can give eyes to see and ears to hear. So, Lord, would you do that here at Wyoming Church of Christ? This morning we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, if you are the fertile soil, if you're saying, yes, in fact, I have closed with Christ, I... I I'm right with God because 